0: Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. As we prepare to read scripture, let us pray. Lord God, we pray that you open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit as we read this scripture. We ask that we may hear with understanding and profit in our lives from what you say to us today. Amen. Our first scripture lesson today is from Leviticus, chapter 19, verses one through four, 11 through 18, and 33 through 37. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I the Lord your God am holy. You shall each revere your mother and father and keep my Sabbaths, I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make cast images for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. And you shall not swear falsely by my name, profaming the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud your neighbor. You shall not steal. And you shall not keep for yourself the wages of a laborer until morning. You shall not revile the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice, you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people and you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord you shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. When an alien resides with you in your land, you shall not oppress the alien. The alien who resides with you shall be to you as the citizen among you. You shall love the alien as yourself, for you are aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. You shall not cheat in measuring length, weight, or quantity. You shall have honest balances, honest weights, an honest ephah, and an honest hen. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You shall keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and observe them. I am the Lord. Here ends the reading.
1: Our second reading is from the New Testament Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 to 36 and 46 to 49. But I say to you that listen love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? "'I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. "'That one is like a man building a house, who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. "'When a flood arose, the river burst against that house, but could not shake it because it had been well built. "'But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation.'" When the river burst against it, immediately it fell, and great was the ruin of that house. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It started out as water damage. Just a little water damage. The contractor came over, pulled off some of the drywall, and then he found mold. He pulled up insulation to check the studs, and then he found rot. He followed the studs to the windows to see where the water was coming in, and then he found the windows had no headers. Headers are really important to keep the house from falling in. At this point, the homeowners were starting to wish they painted over the water damage and called it a day. And unfortunately, this isn't far from the truth of the ongoing saga one of my friends is having with her house right now. Her house, her actual physical house, has been in my prayers for weeks because every few days they find something else. And if you've ever dealt with a house, then you've dealt with these kinds of surprises. Light fixtures wired without a box, leaking pipes, leaking roofs, cracked support beams, missing support beams, sinking foundations, and pet infestations. A house can look perfect, well-decorated, beautifully furnished, and still you may find yourself drifting off to sleep to the pitter-patter of rodents in your walls. No one wants to live in a poorly constructed house. No one wants to live in that house. That's why a good builder is worth his weight in gold. That's why when you go to buy a house, you might hire a home inspector. The home inspector checks things out and writes up a punch list of all the work that needs to be done. And most, if not all, houses have work that needs to be done. We have the luxury of trained home inspectors. But back in the time of Moses and the Israelites, they weren't as lucky. Instead of a home inspector, they had priests. Yes, the same priests that offered the sacrifices in the temple. They were expected to help people with all kinds of problems, including mold. You didn't realize that. You didn't realize that because the instructions on dealing with mold remediation are buried in the book of Leviticus. And Leviticus is one of those flyover books of the Old Testament. Genesis has really interesting family stories. Exodus has an exciting and dangerous journey through the wilderness. And then we get to Leviticus. And that's where most Christians give up their dream. Of reading the Bible cover to cover. Because Leviticus isn't a story, it's an instruction manual. It includes fun topics like how to select a sheep for sacrifice or how the high priest should dress for ordination. It has a whole chapter on kosher and non-kosher foods. It has two chapters on how to identify and deal with skin diseases and those are Ooh, those are challenging to read. It also has a section on how to eradicate mold from your clothing and your home. And the bottom line is that if the mold is really bad, you have to burn your clothes and tear down your house. That's the solution Leviticus offers on mold. But there's more. Leviticus isn't just concerned with keeping a clean house and, and with, e- with eating the right foods. It also has chapters on relationships. If you manage to read as far as Leviticus chapter 18, you'll find a whole list of people not to sleep with, including your sister and your mother. And I don't want to know why those rules had to be written down. (laughs) Leviticus is full of rules. These are rules that were intended to help the ancient Israelite community thrive. Our Old Testament reading today is from Leviticus chapter 19, and this chapter is concerned with how we live in community with one another. It's one of those relationship chapters. The whole chapter opens with a statement, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall be holy. All the instructions that follow this assertion are framed by it. So what does it mean to be holy as God is holy. This is how the Israelites saw it. You shall be holy by keeping the Sabbath, honoring your parents, not making idols, not stealing, not killing, not lying. These sound really familiar because they echo the Ten Commandments. You shall be holy by not extorting your neighbor, not slandering one another, by loving the foreigner as yourself, by loving your neighbor as yourself. You shall be holy by treating one another with grace and justice, by treating the poor and the stranger, the elderly and the differently abled, with special honor and care. This book matters because it gives us a glimpse into how God's people lived out their faith over 2,000 years ago. And it raises the question for us, what does it mean in our time to live out our faith? We should all read Leviticus more. I think we should. I think we should read it more. But please don't misunderstand me. Please do not bring your moldy shower curtains to the church. I don't need to pray over them. Just use Lysol. And please please do not show me your weird skin diseases. Dr. Barr Harper is far more qualified to handle your dermatological needs. Not every instruction in Leviticus translates for us today. Not every instruction even translates into modern-day Judaism. For starters, there's not a temple, and so there are no animal sacrifices. But when it comes to how we treat one another, we do find some timeless advice. So I think we should read Leviticus more often. If nothing else, because Jesus read Leviticus and he quoted Leviticus in his ministry. In Luke chapter five, Jesus heals a person with leprosy and tells him to go to the priest and make an offering as Moses commanded. What offering? The offering that's detailed in Leviticus chapter 14, the chapter on skin diseases. In Luke chapter 10, when a teacher of the law challenges Jesus, asking what is the greatest commandment, Jesus gives two answers. Both are quotes from the Old Testament. I think you, some of you remember these, right? Love God. Love the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 6.5. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's Leviticus 19.18. And then Jesus doubles down on his interpretation of the law with the parable of the Good Samaritan, the, the parable that Natalie Foster just shared with her children a few minutes ago. That parable of radical grace and mercy is directly based on Leviticus chapter 19. So maybe we should read Leviticus more. In our New Testament reading today, we finally meet Jesus the teacher. We've been following him around his early ministry We started at the Jordan River, where Jesus is baptized by John. We moved to the synagogue in Nazareth, Jesus' hometown, where he reveals his authority. Now, his hometown friends and neighbors don't like it very much. They don't like it so much they tried to throw Jesus off a cliff. So he leaves there. He gets out of that jam, and he travels around Galilee, now working miracles and gathering disciples. And in Luke chapter 6, Jesus stops to teach. Now, Luke says that Jesus goes to a level plane. And I think he goes to the level plane because he's learned what happens when he preaches next to a cliff. So what does he share on the level plane? He shares a set of instructions for how to live in community. But these aren't just instructions out of thin air. These are instructions in conversation with Leviticus 19. So what we have here in the first century is a Jewish rabbi as many Jewish rabbis do, offering an interpretation of the law. And the law that Jesus is interpreting is our Old Testament reading today. So consider this. Leviticus 19 says, You shall not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Jesus says, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Leviticus says, Do not reap to the edges of your field. Leave margin for the poor. Jesus says, give to anyone, anyone who begs of you. Leviticus says, you must not take revenge or hold a grudge. Jesus says, be kind to those who are wicked. Be generous to the ungrateful. Leviticus says, you shall be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Jesus says, you should also be merciful because your Father in heaven is merciful. I don't know about you, but I want to go back to Leviticus. Leviticus only says what I shouldn't do. Somehow that feels easier. But Jesus makes me go the extra mile. Jesus says it's not enough to not do wrong. A social recluse can not do wrong simply by not engaging with people. But people of faith are expected to live in community. And in that community, Jesus challenges them, he challenges us to actively do right. Now, we might be tempted to blow it off. I am. You might be. I'll just take Leviticus. Thanks very much. I never thought I'd say that. I'll just go with Leviticus. I can manage not hating uh, my, my neighbor, but to actively love my neighbor, the one that cut the tree down and didn't ask my permission first. That neighbor, that's a tall order. I can manage not taking revenge, but being kind to the wicked. That's a tall order. This is Jesus holding up a mirror to our hearts, and it's deeply uncomfortable. If you find it uncomfortable, you should. This is a very hard teaching. In this short passage, Jesus challenges the loan industry, questions cancel culture. He has the audacity to suggest that treating people as they deserve may not be what God's justice is all about. Jesus imagines a different kind of community a community where we treat one another not as we're treated but as God treats us so our actions aren't dictated by what someone has done to make us a victim our actions are dictated by what God has done to make us beloved and that's that's real freedom it's not easy but that's real freedom that you don't have to live chained to what someone else has done to you so why do we love our enemies because we can because their hatred does not control our response this is the hard work of discipleship and it feels daunting it feels daunting for us. It felt daunting for the people who heard Jesus in the first century. We know because Jesus told us. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? The person who listens to me is like the one who built a house and laid the foundation on a rock so that when the storms came and the, the house could not be shaken. The wise person builds on the rock. And it's a great image. It's even more powerful when we remember what Jesus was trained to do do. Some of you remember what Jesus was trained to do. He was trained to be, I heard it, a carpenter, a carpenter. Our New Testament Gospels call him a tectone. His father was a tectone, Jesus was a tectone, a carpenter. But the carpenter isn't exactly an artisan or a craftsman. Uh, This isn't the person selling handcrafted benches on Etsy. Uh, A tectone carpenter is more like a construction worker or a builder, So we could say Jesus is a builder. And if we want our house to be strong against the storms of life, we listen to our builder. So what foundation is your house built on? Is it built on rock? Is it built on sand? Is there mold behind your drywall or rot? Is there something worse? Jesus has a way of sneaking into our basements and nosing around like an unwanted home inspector. And if you fail to frame out your windows, Jesus will find out and he'll start pestering you to get it fixed. That's why we come here to this place. Not because it's easy or because it's comfortable, but because we know our houses need work and we're trusting Jesus to help us ferret those weak points out and make us stronger. I like watching home renovation shows. I like to see the most broken-down house on the the corner, or on on the block, transform into the nicest one. And those shows are not just about the transformation. It's about the journey to get there, because this is reality television. So about halfway through every episode, some terrible problem pops up, some unexpected repair that was not part of the budget. Now, if you're lucky, it's only a few thousand dollars of work. If you're not lucky, you might have to rip out a whole floor to bring things up to code. I've seen a lot of these fixer-upper shows, and I'm a firm believer that there is no problem too big, no house too far gone that Chip and Joanna Gaines can't fix it. And if they can fix the most decrepit money pit you've ever seen, just imagine what God can do with us. Because every one of us is a fixer-upper full of hidden problems and secret sins. And if your house needs work, you're in the right place. If your house is broken, take heart. Because I got a guy. I got a guy who stands ready to pull off the wallpaper, pull up the subfloor, I mean, to come into your life and mine to repair and rebuild and restore May we open wide the doors of our hearts, trusting in the power of our Savior to transform even us and welcome Jesus in. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.